Welcome back to Feminist Book Club, the podcast. We're not just about feminist books. We are here for social justice, literature, and media in all its forms. But we do that through an intersectional feminist lens. Thanks for being here. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Renee Powers here, and I am delighted to be sitting down with Laura Hankin this morning to talk about her new book, The Daydreams. Laura Hankin, you may remember, has been on the show before for her first book, Happy and You Know It. She also wrote A Special Place for Women, which is one of my favorite like culty books. She also has written for outlets like McSweeney's and HuffPo, and her musical comedy has been featured in The New York Times, The Washington Post, and more. She lives in Washington, D.C., and we are here to talk about The Daydreams. Hi, Laura. Hi, Renee. And I have to tell you, I was so happy when I saw that we were getting to talk again for this book. <laughs> yeah, we have done podcast interviews, other things. I, you're just so fun to chat with. And your books are always like one of my favorite. I don't want to say brain candy because they're ridiculously smart, but they're just fun. Your books are just a lot of fun. Thank you. Well, my goal with them is always for people to be able to read them like fast, enjoyably on a beach or something like that. But then afterwards to be able to think, oh, wow, that was saying something interesting. It was better for me than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. You nailed it. And The Daydreams is no different. We were talking a little bit before we started recording. So tell our audience a little bit about The Daydreams. All right. So The Daydreams is about the stars of an early 2000s teen TV show who implode on live TV very scandalously at the height of their fame. And so now it's 13 years later. They've all gone in very different directions. You know, one is a successful movie star. He's the man. One is a cautionary tale. She's the woman. And one is like the bored wife of a famous athlete. And one fled Hollywood entirely and is a corporate lawyer because she's been so scarred by the whole thing. But the network is now demanding that they come back for a reunion special that could potentially offer them the redemption that they so desperately need or could just destroy them all completely. We are in the era of reboots and reunions, and it just feels like if this had been a show in the early 2000s, we would absolutely be seeing a reunion special in the near future. I want to watch this show. How did, so tell us about the show that they were all on. So our characters are Kat and Noah's Summer and Leanne. And they're on a show called The Daydreams. Yeah. So it's a little inspired by like high school musical meets the OC. It's about a group of high schoolers who form a band together, as high schoolers are wont to do sometimes. And then they're discovered at their school talent show, which I feel like was such a trope in the, you know, Disney, Nickelodeon, et cetera, shows of the early 2000s. It was all like, hey, kids, you could just unexpectedly become famous at any point in time. So they're like living their high school lives, which are very wholesome. One of the characters at one point says they like seem to live in a world where alcohol doesn't exist. (laughs) And, you know, like babies are delivered by Stork. And, And then also having their successful music careers or budding music careers. And the show just becomes this sensation. You know, tweens are totally obsessed with it. Teens like it kind of ironically, but also are obsessed with it. Older people are like, what is going on? But are still fascinated by these stars. And Summer, who plays the main girl in particular, really like 
takes off and in good ways has like lots and lots of fans. And then in those creepy early 2000s ways, like people are making countdown clocks on the internet about when she turns 18, etc. What? No, that sounds terrible. I was going to say, I love what you do with Summer, but I don't because it's horrible. This exploitation of, you know, young female pop stars is so familiar to me. And that's what I love about it is kind of this, what you're trying to say about what we did to 2000s stars. Can you talk a little bit about how you imagined Summer and maybe what inspired her or the treatment of Summer in particular? Yeah, I was looking at so many different female starlets of the time and we really, we were obsessed with them, but we were also demanding impossible things from them, right? We wanted them, there was like this really weird dichotomy that we had and where we were like, we want you to be virgins, but also we want you to be so sexy. <laughs> and you have to somehow balance these things. And you also need to seem like really relatable and approachable so that all these little girls can imagine that they're your friend. But then you also need to make adult men want you. And it's just like, how does anybody keep up with all of that pressure? So I wanted to to show the building pressure on her back in the day, but then also to explore like, I think with a lot of these starlets, we spend a lot of time now being like, can you believe how horribly we treated them? So sad. But a little bit less time being like, okay, if that, then what moving forward? Like, how do they <laughs> exist in the world today? And how do we engage with them today, especially if they are trying to have a comeback? And how do we make sure that we're not repeating the same patterns of behavior, even if we might use different language? How do we help them? thrive instead of tearing them apart for our entertainment. How do we make sure we're not destroying these poor children? Because that's what they are. They are children. Yeah. Oh, my God. I like uh, writing this book made me so grateful that I never got famous at 17, 18 because I was a theater nerd. Same. And I was totally like, oh, I, I wish someone would come and pluck me from obscurity. I had one moment where I went to an open call for this like very buzzy Broadway show and I got called back multiple times for the lead and like was within striking distance of potentially getting it. But I had to like sign something about how I would show my boobs on stage every night. It was like a very sexually explicit show. And I'm so glad that, you know, I actually didn't end up getting it and was able to just make all my mistakes anonymously. <laughs> right. And and thankfully, like. I'm pretty sure you and I are around the same age. Thankfully, we grew up before the internet. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. We both would have had our own, like, TikToks. That's, yes, I absolutely would have taken off on just, like, cringeworthy TikToks. I still do. Like, I'm 37 and I, and I do cringeworthy TikToks. But you know what? I'm same. I'm unabashed <laughs> about it. Yeah, at least we have, like, a sense of self and know who we are now. Right. Right. The angry men in my comments don't bother me. <laughs> yeah. So have you read I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy? I have. Yeah. This I is a finished... great pairing. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's incredible. Yeah. So I'd finished The Daydreams before that book came out. But then listening to that book, I was like, oh, my God. Yes. So so much of the stuff I was thinking about in this book. Here she is confirming it all. <laughs> Yeah, we do. Occasionally, we do double dates with books on the podcast. And I would say fantastic double date would be the daydreams. And then I'm glad my mom died. Like two 
a, a fiction and a nonfiction that are hitting the same topics from slightly different angles. Since that book came out after you finished, I want to know about your research. Like, what did you do to get into the minds of A, these teens, and then B, these adults looking back on when they were teens, famous teens? Yeah. So I did a lot of reading, like, tabloid articles, which were very soul-crushing, and interviews and watching footage from the time period. And also, of course, had to rewatch all the old movies and TV shows and listen to the songs. That was that was imperative. And then I also tried to find some memoirs and such from the present day that might offer a little bit more perspective of people looking back on on that time and then who they were now. So for example, Jessica Simpson's autobiography or memoir so underrated i why is it so good it's amazing it's amazing and i think it's so particularly satisfying because like so many of us were awful to her at the time just like the prevailing narrative was that jessica simpson was dumb right so much of what we knew about her was that like she didn't know whether something was chicken or tuna (laughs) even though honestly it's like it was a little confusing And if you're being filmed all the time, of course, you're going to say something dumb at some point. So getting to read her talk about it in her own words and like reflect on the time was so immensely satisfying. So that is like one of the most helpful bits of research that I did. I love this era of pop culture, obviously, as a millennial. But I think that her book is one of the most like honest and she holds no punches about what she went through also just you know an aside she confirms that john mayer is trash like i just love that yeah what i love about the book is she like calls people out holds people accountable gets serious but also it is like dishy as Uh, exactly i love i love gossip and it's (laughs) yeah yeah, it's perfect the daydreams has a lot of very nostalgic 2000s references one of my favorites is when they get on trl and i was just like (laughs) R.I.P. TRL, like what a moment that was. I know. I remember running home from school to be like, will my video make the countdown? It was the first time I saw Avril Lavigne wearing like her ties. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm so glad she's coming back. Like Mm -hmm. she was a powerhouse. And yeah, we did a I took this mass media course in high school and we had to create a music video. And one of the other groups did Skater Boy. Mm -hmm. It's very funny. That song. So what are some of the other early 2000s references that readers can expect in this book that might feel nostalgic for them? Mm, I definitely wanted to make sure that there was a moment of acknowledging the Delia's catalog. Oh, bless. (laughs) Yeah. I loved that store so much. I miss it all the time. (laughs) Yeah. And also obviously had to include a scene where they used AOL Instant Messenger and go into some of the forums a staple chat to write you. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, I really wanted to include some fan fiction because I feel like that was such an interesting moment in time, the early 2000s, where we suddenly had these new tools at our disposal on the internet and we could engage with the content that we loved in a whole new way. And so I remember being a teenager and going and reading some fan fiction and it feeling like so exciting and also a little taboo. <laughs> so... I wrote some of my very own fan fiction for the fictional show. <laughs> for your fictional characters. Yeah. It's perfect. It's meta. So speaking of the 2000s, I would love to play a little game 
a little like rapid fire. I want to know some of your favorite 2000s trends. And I've got a list of like categories. So are you ready? I am. (laughs) Okay. Your favorite 2000s boy band. I think Backstreet Boys. Yeah. But like, I go back and forth between Backstreet and NSYNC. It's tough. There are others out there. I'm just saying. There was 98 Degrees. There was BB Mac. Like, there was O-Town. There was Ashley Angel. But like, let's be real. The only ones for whom I still know more than like one song are Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. Fair enough. All right. (laughs) Who was your favorite 2000s pop diva? Oh, my God. This is so tough. I feel like I'm just choosing the most obvious answers. But, like, it is hard to to top Britney at the height of her powers. It is. Yeah. All right. So. um, Oh, Oh, can I just say, though, she's not a pop diva, but I have been listening to more, like, Michelle Branch. Dude. Michelle Branch and Vanessa Carlton. Yes, Vanessa Carlton as well. So good. (laughs) They were the gateway drug to my current and forever obsession with Sarah Bareilles. Favorite 2000s heartthrob. Okay, this is... No one else will think he's a heartthrob, probably, but I was obsessed with Seth Green. Oh, my God. I, like, I loved him. I would rip out pictures from teen magazines and hang them up in my closet of him, and then I wrote him, when I was 12, I wrote him a fan letter that was like, Dear Seth, you don't know who I am, but I'm going to marry you. <laughs> this is the most theater kid thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, I think maybe it was because he was, like, goofy. And he, he seemed approachable, which was an important quality for me. <laughs> like, I wanted to believe I had a chance. You know, I was like, no way Josh Hartnett's going to ever notice me. But Seth Green, if we were in the same place at the same time, maybe. And then I, I moved on to Adam Brody. That oh, was, good choice. Good yeah. choice. He's still on my list. I should say, like, Seth Green seems like a wonderful man, and he is an attractive man. I don't mean to make fun of Seth Green. Yes, and he's one of those that is, like, just, he he made his money as a kid, and now he's just, like, doing the weird stuff, and I'm yeah. here for it. Like, live your best life, Seth Green. So, tangentially, who was your favorite two, early 2000s celebrity couple? Oh, Benifer had a real appeal, right? Like, Ben Affleck and J-Lo. Of course we were all fascinated by them. And And that reunion show now, too. (laughs) I honestly have been so heartened by the fact that they got back together. I'm like a sucker for that. I hope it lasts. I hope hope they stay married and happy forever. Same, same. Favorite (laughs) early 2000s teen movie? Oh, my God. There are so many good ones. Some of these I'm actually not sure if they're, like, 90s or early 2000s. It's all the same era, so we'll go with it. Right, like... 10 Things I Hate About You mm. is so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a moment of like of like Shakespearean remakes or like retellings in teen form. Yeah. I love it. I love it. it. And I think there should be more of it. What was the highlight of it? Also, Favorite. Meme Girls. But that one somehow like doesn't feel long enough ago. But then the other day I saw that it came out 19 years ago. 19 years ago. I was just reading Unlikable Female Characters by Anna Bogatskaya. It comes oh. out later this month, I believe. And she has a whole chapter devoted to the mean girl archetype of the early <laughs> 2000s. And oh, it is excellent. But yeah, Amazing. she even says like it's almost 20 years old. And that's when I felt incredibly old. <laughs> All right. Similarly, favorite teen show, TV show of this era? Gilmore Girls. Oh. I 
loved Gilmore Girls. I loved Jess. That, that was another celebrity crush, I would say. It was like cozy in a way, but also complex. <laughs> Heartwarming and smart. Those creators also did The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And it mm-hmm. still, it's like that same combo of heartwarming, smart, and funny that it's just, it just feels good. All right. You already mentioned Delia's, but were there other favorite places to shop? I mean, limited to when I was a little younger. That was my first job. Was it? Yeah. They hired Tell me everything. Or was it 15? I was there for a solid three months before I just stopped showing up. It was <laughs> horrible. And the discount was great. And I could still fit into a lot of their clothes. Yeah. Nice. Did you ever get to take home any of the like inflatable furniture or anything that they no. sold? No. I worked there after that was a big trend, but I definitely had inflatable chair. When we were talking about book tour months ago, me and my team, oh. I was like, should I get an inflatable chair and like bring yes. that to every store like, through the event? But then I looked them up and they were actually kind of expensive. And also now I'm pregnant. And it feels like getting in and out of an inflatable chair was a disaster. Much just a stool will be fine. All right. Favorite fashion trends of the 2000s? I think I'm gaining more of an appreciation for the velour tracksuit. Oh, fuck yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting for that to come back. Yeah. I'm glad to see that like zip-up hoodies are coming back, too. I love a good zip-up hoodie. Yeah. Crazies. Makeup trend? Is there a makeup trend that you're oh. missing or would like to see come back? Well, the lip gloss of it all was like... So big and so fun. Although I was talking to some friends about this the other day, and it was very impractical too, because if you were ever somewhere that it was a little bit windy, immediately <laughs> your hair would just get stuck in your lip gloss, and then you'd have like lip gloss smeared on your cheek and also on the ends of your hair. It was a disaster. I liked like the just disgusting flavored lip gloss. Like it was yes. just like straight sugar and like cough syrup flavored. Like I was here for it. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, are you like curing a cold or just putting, like, putting I think makeup I might on? Be getting a little bit high just from the chemicals that are <laughs> supposed to smell like cake batter. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Back to like pop culture. Well, it's all pop culture, but when you were running home to catch TRL, was there a particular music video that you were always excited to see? I mean, Oops, I Did It Again was like classic. So fun. That's the red bodysuit, right? No, Oops, I Did It Again was the. Catholic schoolgirl. No, that's Hit Me Baby One More Time. Oh, right, 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 right. It's funny, the, like the song titles have a very similar rhythm to them, so I do mix them up sometimes. But I believe, oops, I did it again. She's in like the skin tight red bodysuit doing all the moves. And then the guy's like, I got you the jewel from the Titanic. <laughs> right. What an icon. Yeah. Was there a mm. favorite reality TV moment? Yeah. Well, I loved American Idol. I think, as we've discussed, as like a theater kid, the allure of like, oh, my God, any one of us could go and sing and become a a pop star. And Kelly Clarkson was such a perfect first season winner. And I'm so thrilled that she is like still doing so well. The moment from reality TV that has stuck with me over the years is Joe Millionaire. The part where he and one of the contestants like sneak off to the woods to go hook up, but they still have their microphones on. So you just like hear the sounds and they close captioned the producers like close captioned the sounds. And so at one point it the screen just said slurp and that that stayed with me. God, what a reality TV deep cut. 
Excellent. It's funny because I'm like, we all know the slurp, right? No. Uh, okay. Our- Jamila, quick, quick summary. It's important for people to know. A bunch of women in a house competing for a man. Basically The Bachelor. But mm-hmm. the twist was that they all thought he was a millionaire. And actually, he was like a regular Joe. And so at the end, they were going to be like, he doesn't have any money. Do you still want to be with him anyway? Bait and switch. Classic. Let's yeah. ruin these, these 2000s women's lives for our entertainment. Okay. <laughs> So I also think that the 90s and 2000s were like quintessential snack food era. Mm. Was there like a lunchbox snack that you loved? Dunkaroos? I hoped you were going to say Dunkaroos. Really? Same. So good. It's sort of like the the forerunner to the Nutella dipping sticks that are Absolutely. like popular today. But it was just frosting. Oh my God. Incredible. You couldn't even like Nutella kind of pretends to be a health food. It's like. You're Not- nuts, and it's good for you. Right. No, Dunkaroos is like, here's some sugar, bitch. Give it to the kids. Oh, okay. What is one thing that you would bring back if you were a time traveler going back to, let's say, 2002, and you could bring one trend or one item or something back to 2023? What would it be? Oh, my God. What a question. <laughs> I mean, butterfly clips. Oh, amen. Yeah. Yeah, but like, so yes, the like the little claw clips, but also just like the decorative, like glittery butterflies you would stick in your like bun or like French twist. Yeah, yeah, that was so good. My eighth grade graduation oh. hairdo was like a French twist that was all curled on top with like a butterfly clipped into the into. I bet you looked amazing. <laughs> oh, I know I did. And when you were, you know. A teenager, what was one thing that you wish you had? One 2000s item that you wish you had, but you just never got? Oh, oh my God. What did I want? The Mine was one of those jewel-toned iMacs. I wanted a purple iMac and never got it. And I'm still salty about it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I mean, for me, all I can think of is just like popularity. Right. To but be one Brad. of those girls from like the movies. <laughs> yes, yes. Lindsay Lohan's boobs. Yeah. Oh, we did her dirty, too. No. <laughs> Clear skin. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. But that lingers, too. I feel like my skin was my worst in my 20s. Well, this has been a delight. I loved going back in a time machine with you. And this book is a time machine as well. And it was just so, like I said, so fun, so readable, so, like, immersive and compulsive and at the same time, just like really, really smart. So congratulations. And I hope that our chat today inspires our listeners to go out and get this book because it is, you won't be disappointed. Thank you, Renee. Oh, what a pleasure to talk to you. Where can we find you online if we want to keep up with all of the happenings? Yeah, so I've got a website, laurahankin.com, and then I'm most active on Instagram, at laurahankin, but also trying to do TikTok. (laughs) Yes, you are. I'm loving your TikToks. Thank you. So definitely go follow Laura on those things, and don't go anywhere. And we'll have a link to the daydreams in our show notes, so you can go find it there. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Feminist Book Club, the podcast. Want to be part of the club? Here's how you can join us. Obviously, subscribe to our podcast and leave a rating and review for brownie points. 
Follow along on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, and TikTok. All of those links are in the show notes. Sign up for our newsletter to be the first to know what our next monthly book pick is. And check out our award-winning monthly book subscription service. Oprah Magazine named it one of their favorite book boxes, and Shonda Rhimes called us one of her favorite subscription boxes in general. There are multiple membership levels for any budget, and it's an excellent way to support the show and the voices you heard today. See you in the club. A well-read woman is a dangerous creature, creature, oh.